Good evening. COVID spreads in the White House. DACA recipients march across the Manhattan Bridge, the future of China and the United States, and a settlement in the case of Forever Chemicals. With these and other stories, I'm Paul DiRienzo with the WBAI News for Friday, July 23rd, 2021. The virus delayed Tokyo Summer Olympics finally opened Friday night with cascading fireworks and made-for-TV choreography that unfolded in a near-empty stadium, a colorful but strangely subdued ceremony that set a striking tone to match a unique pandemic games. As their opening played out, devoid of the usual crowd energy, the Olympics convened amid simmering anger and disbelief in much of the host country, but with hopes from organizers that the excitement of the sports to follow would offset the widespread opposition. Mostly massed athletes waved enthusiastically to thousands of empty seats and to a world hungry to watch them compete, but surely wondering what to make of it all. Organizers held a moment of silence for those who had died in the pandemic as it ticked off and the music paused. The sounds of the protests echoed in the distance. And in India, the Tamil Nadu Congress Committee staged a massive protest in Chennai on Thursday in the wake of the Pegasus spyware scandal involving the spying of on activists, journalists, and opponents around the world by an Israeli company. Party leaders and lawmakers demanded a judicial probe and condemned Prime Minister Narendra Modi for undermining the security of the nation following revelations that dozens of Indians were potential targets of the spyware. On Friday, Jen Psaki said that the... uh, Campus, as she called it, would refuse to release the number of breakthrough COVID-19 cases among vaccinated staff after one aide tested positive for the virus earlier this week. Saki suggested the public didn't need that information, even as the U.S. vaccination effort is flagging and COVID cases are surging due to the more contagious Delta variant. been conveying from the beginning, as have we, that there would be cases of individuals who are vaccinated who uh, tested positive for COVID. Uh, there are 2,000 people who work on the campus. And of course, so that means that just statistically speaking, there will be people who are vaccinated individuals who get COVID on the campus. What I announced yesterday or conveyed yesterday was what our policy would be moving forward. But no, I don't think you can expect that we're going to be providing numbers of breakthrough cases now. One, we're in a very different place than we were several months ago. The vast, vast, vast majority of individuals who are vaccinated who get COVID will be asymptomatic or have mild cases. Every individual at this White House has been offered a vaccine. And we have been very clear that we will be transparent with anyone who has had close proximity contact with the president or any of the four principals as deemed by the White House Medical Unit with all of you. If they approve having their name release, we will also release their names, but we will protect their privacy. That will be our policy moving forward. And we understand and agree that that is in the public interest. Jen Psaki, according to the CDC, 56.4 percent of Americans have at least one dose of the COVID-19 vaccine as of yesterday. That number falls short of the White House goal of having 70 percent of Americans vaccinated by the 4th of July. As of Thursday, 48.8 percent of Americans were fully vaccinated.
And here in New York, thousands of newly pending deferred action for childhood arrivals or DACA applications are on pause after a July 16th Texas court ruling suspending the program. In New York today, over a thousand immigrants and supporters rallied in the streets of Chinatown, demanding a pathway to citizenship for DACA recipients. They then crossed the Manhattan Bridge. An activist with uh, Make the Road New York, a sponsor of the march, is Yatsiri Tovar. Today uh, is a national day of action for immigrants all across the country. Here in New York, we march over the Manhattan Bridge. We had our voices heard loud and clear. Our immigrant communities need and are demanding a pathway to citizenship and need Congress and President Biden to really push forward and make that a reality this year. Wasn't there a negative court decision recently in Texas? Last week, we got a negative decision from Texas judge that halted part of the DACA program. And so this just brings even more urgency for Congress to pass a pathway to citizenship. Because of this decision, millions of DACA-eligible youth and DACA recipients are again left in the limbo because we might not know how much longer it can stand and new applicants, DACA-eligible youth, are not able to apply. This makes our demand even more urgent, and this is where Congress really needs to step up and meet our community's needs. What are DACA and DACA-eligible people for people who don't know? DACA recipients are youth who came to the country at a young age and applied for a program called Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, DACA for short, and it was announced in 2012 by President Obama. The program itself does not provide a pathway to citizenship, but it does give those that apply and get approved a work authorization for a period of two years and safeguards them from deportation. But this is on a two-year basis. So every two years, youth have to renew and hope that they will get approved again. No one years and puts them on a pathway to citizenship. And that's why we've been battling in the courts over the last four years and since 2017 when President Trump tried to end the program. And so ever since then, DACA recipients and DACA-eligible youth have been fighting in the courts and kind of just living court decision to court decision. This is why we're saying no more to that and we really want a, a permanent solution and that means a pathway to citizenship what does a pathway to citizenship mean a pathway to citizenship means for people to be able to feel safe to be here in in the country to be able to continue contributing to the country that they already consider their home without any fear of being deported or being separated from their loved ones has the biden administration been an improvement over the uh, trump administration we have seen that President Biden has been supportive about a pathway to citizenship. And last week we saw Senate Democrat leaders announce that in the infrastructure package, it would include a pathway to citizenship. So we're seeing those actions, those announcements being made, but now we want action, right? We really want to make sure that in the infrastructure package, immigration is included, that it makes it to the final package and that it is passed so that we can finally have this relief to immigrants. Yeah, Terry Tovar is an activist with Make the Road New York. 
And in more international news with a domestic twist, Chinese officials yesterday rejected a World Health Organization proposal for next steps in the search for the origins of the coronavirus. After a visit to Wuhan last winter, a joint Chinese international team concluded the virus probably jumped naturally from an animal. In the months since, the methods and findings have come under intense scrutiny, including from WHO Director General Tedros Adnam. In May, President Biden gave the U.S. intelligence community 90 days to redouble its own search and asked China to participate. But Chinese officials seemed to preclude any investigation into the source of the outbreak and whether the Wuhan virology lab may have been involved. State Department spokesperson Ned Price. Seeing the PRC's comments today, as you heard from my colleague at the White House, we are deeply disappointed. Uh, not only are we disappointed, we know that the PRC's position, it's irresponsible. Uh, and ultimately, it's dangerous. This, for us, is about saving lives. Uh, and it is not a time for any responsible country uh, to be stonewalling the international community. Uh, we owe it to the American people. Uh, people around the world are owed answers um, when it uh, comes to uh, the origins of uh, this virus. And as State Department spokesperson Ned Price, whatever the outcome of the Wuhan investigation, the United States and China will be competing for years to come. Author Ross Turrell is an associate in research at Harvard's Fairbanks Center for Chinese Studies and the author of 11 books on China. His most recent book is Australian Bush to Tiananmen Square. Turrell says China may not be a military rival to the United States yet, but economically it may even surpass the West, at least in Asia. Over 10,000 New York and New Jersey frontline mm. air. If you mean as a rival, which President Biden also calls it, yes, it is the population of China. It's 1.4 billion people. It dwarfs our 300 odd million, let alone the smaller countries it's pinching these days. My native land of Australia with 25 million. The Chinese referred to it recently as a bit of chewing gum on the sole of China's foot. They're big and they, they're they conscious that Australia is small and the same goes for Taiwan. But could that draw the United States and China into a conflict? Regionalism could be a line of solution to this issue between China and America. We are dominant in the Americas and will remain so. Then there's Europe, which is not outward looking uh, anyway. There's Africa that's not part of the world balance at the moment, but it may be. Then there's Asia. The trouble with China and Asia is that Americans tend to think China means Asia. Now, the Japanese would quarrel with that. The Indians would quarrel with that. The people of Taiwan would quarrel with that. China is more and less than the region. China, within its own borders, contains peoples who think of themselves as nations. The Tibetans would like to be so judged the Uyghurs, the Muslims in western China, not to speak of the Taiwan 
people. Is China but, a repressive government, truly, in the sense that the U.S. Yes, makes it out it, to be? But it seems to have so much popularity with its own people. Hard to judge. How do you judge it? They don't have elections. Is the country full of protests, full of unrest? It's not. And the reason there's this tacit agreement between the people and the government, you might say, as long as they're doing well economically, they'll not try and fiddle with the political system. That's the tacit agreement for many years now. The real danger to President Xi Jinping, the top man, is a serious economic slowdown. Then there would be unrest. It's not a country dripping with unrest like South Africa is and a lot of places around the world. Elections tend to settle things and people accept that and we move on. Can it ever be a democracy? Will it ever be? They say they want to be, and the leaders have told me that we're just not ready for it yet. We're too big and we're too rural, and we've got to get economic growth further than we have before we can talk about democracy. But they say it's their goal. His most recent book is Australian Bush to Tiananmen Square. And you're listening to the news on WBAI New York. I'm Paul DiRienzo. Hospital workers with the 1199 Service Employees International Union rallied yesterday against the New York Presbyterian Hospital's vaccination mandate. The hospital announced in June that it would require all of its 48,000 employees to have received the first dose by September 1st, unless there's a medical or religious exemption. NYU Langone Health announced a similar plan. Victor Espinal, an environmental service worker at New York Presbyterian, said, it's my body, my choice, right? I want to I want them to give us a choice. Meanwhile, the city of New York said it would require its health workers to get vaccinated or receive weekly COVID-19 testing. Protesters at the private hospital, New York Presbyterian, say they would like the same option. And a new contract for airport workers at New York and New Jersey airports has been finalized, including historic legislation that includes health insurance for thousands. The labor union representing them calls it a victory and hopes other airports implement similar standards. Michaela Savitt reports. New York and New Jersey frontline airport workers will get health insurance as part of new contract negotiations that come at a time when more people are flying. The Healthy Terminals Act provides zero premium cost health coverage to contract workers at John F. Kennedy, LaGuardia and Newark Liberty International Airports. According to the labor union SEIU 32BJ, it's the first state level legislation of its kind in the country. Rob Hill, union vice president and New York and New Jersey airports division director, says it's a victory that they're finally being recognized as essential workers. But it comes at a price. And, you know, unfortunately, we lost some of our members due to the pandemic and the virus to get the public to see that and the airlines and the state that these workers have to have health care. COVID-19 has disproportionately affected people of color, in part because many are frontline workers. Hill sees the addition of health insurance as a racial justice matter. And since contract airport workers are predominantly people of color, he thinks similar measures should be in place at other U.S. airports. Especially with new variants of COVID-19 spreading, Hill says workers having health care benefits is in the public interest. 
That concern is also why this is an issue, not just for the workers, but for the traveling public to know that the airport workers are coming in contact with, have the ability to go to the doctor and take care of themselves and have sick days, etc. The contract includes quarterly reviews to ensure compliance with health and safety guidance, along with policies requiring PPE, social distancing, and other precautions. Also included are new policies to protect workers from discrimination for natural hair or hairstyles tied to racial, ethnic, or cultural identities. This is Michaela Savitt for New York News Connection. Thanks, Michaela. Plaintiffs in a federal class action lawsuit could get payments and medical monitoring as part of a proposed $65.25 million settlement with three companies over chemical contamination of the water supply in an upstate New York village. Under the proposed settlement, St. Gobain Performance Plastics, Honeywell International and 3M would be compensating plaintiffs who are current or former residents of Hoosick Falls for their exposure to PFOA, a chemical once used in certain industrial processes. A fourth company, DuPont, didn't agree to the settlement, and the lawsuit against them is still in process. The residents of Hoosick Falls, northwest of Albany and close to the state's border with Vermont, learned several years ago that their drinking water had been contaminated by PFOA or perfluorooctanoic, pardon me, I'm going to try and get that right, perfluorooctanoic acid which has been connected to cancer and thyroid disease. The lead plaintiff in the suit is local resident Michelle Baker. It's Baker versus Sengelbane. I'm the lead plaintiff, and there's 10 of us all total class reps. Why did you become a plaintiff, the lead plaintiff in this case? heard about the water contamination back in 2015. Dawned on me, call Erin Brockovich. Reached out to her after I saw her on a TV channel. The attorneys came up here. We sat. Everybody talked. We had a town hall meeting. I was mad as hell. You don't dump your chemicals in my backyard or anyone's backyard. So we sued. Who's been dumping these chemicals and why? And what chemicals are they? Sangobane, Honeywell, and 3M. And they're PFOA, PFAS, all part of that chemical class. What led you to know that they were dumping these chemicals in? One of the residents in the village, now I live outside the village in the town, I have a private well. One of the residents in the village discovered that the municipal water supply was contaminated with this chemical. This big uproar in the village, folks were very concerned, obviously. I had my water tested on my private well, I live two miles away from one of the chemical plants, and lo and behold, I've got PFOA in my water too. So as a private well owner, I sued. What's wrong with having PFOAs in your water? You've got all kinds of diseases, kidney cancer, testicular cancer, ulcerative colitis, thyroid, cholesterol. I mean, these chemicals, they're toxins. They can lead to a host of problems, preeclampsia, horrible diseases, and they shouldn't be in our drinking water. What does this settlement do? This settlement sends a message loud and clear to chemical companies. It's a David versus Goliath. Don't dump your toxins in my backyard. What's the money going to be used for? The money is broken down into a couple of categories. We have 20, nearly 23 million of it will go towards medical monitoring because these classic chemicals can cause severe health problems. So folks will be able to be tested for 10 years to see if they have any of these early indicators of these diseases. 
$27 million will go towards property diminishment. This is the Love Canal of upstate New York, the capital region. Folks couldn't sell their homes. Would you buy the house? No. Some of our property lost. There's another section, I think $7.7 million, of a nuisance claim for people like me with a private well. I didn't tell you these companies they could dump their chemicals and pollute my water. So there's also damages for that. Is the company continuing to operate? Yes, they are. All of them are. (laughs) Have they signed the agreement yet? Right now, the proposed settlement is on file with federal district court. The attorneys have all signed. It has to be approved by the judge. I believe that takes 30 days. Residents have to agree to it. We need a certain percentage of residents to agree to the settlement, which we think is fair. I'm grateful for it. It's been a hell of a roller coaster ride. There's been a lot of tears. We've lost lives. Um, we've had setbacks and we've had triumphs. You know, this is a great thing for Hoosick Falls. We have to get a clean water source for our village. We have DuPont and we have to get a clean water source for the homeowners on private wells. This is just the beginning. Michelle Baker is the lead plaintiff in the suit. Pat Elder is the founder of MilitaryPoisons.org and has written extensively on the issue of the military's reckless use of PFA family of chemicals. Elder initially broke the story on the military's shipment of PFAS materials to be incinerated at Norlite's facility in Cohoes, New York. Banned in most of the world, the Pentagon continues to pollute waters across the country with PFOAs known as the Forever Chemicals. St. Gobain Performance Plastics had their manufacturing plant that used gobs of PFOA, which is one type of PFAS, right next to the groundwater intake for the town. So exactly on the same spot, they're contaminating the ground where the well water is being pulled up to serve the people. So it is a really unique set of circumstances. And these people were certainly heavily contaminated by PFOA. There was an agreement to pay $65 million. Now, the town only has about 3,500 people. I think this is a win for the corporations involved because these are forever chemicals and that money won't last forever St. Gobain, Honeywell, and 3M have agreed to a settlement. DuPont is holding off further litigation. We're only dealing with PFOA here. If you look at the contamination in the groundwater, and groundwater is key now because (laughs) it becomes drinking water, and it also drains into uh, surface water, which, of course, drains into the rivers, which are contaminated, and, of course, we eat fish from those rivers. But that groundwater contained, heck, PFBS, PFHPA, PFHXA, PFOS, PFHXS, sorry to bore your listeners, PFNA, PFDA. And the point here is that the state of Massachusetts has decided to regulate six of these chemicals under 20 parts per trillion. Combined total can't top just 20 parts per trillion in the drinking water. Here in the ground, we're not talking about this, but you have PFPA, 3,400 parts per trillion. PFOS, 160. Uh, These are way over 20. You have PFNA, that's 57. PFDA, 29. State of Massachusetts says, hey, we can't even have that above 20 altogether. Here it's in the thousands. That point needs to be made. So you're saying that these chemicals are forever chemicals. So once they get into the water, there's no getting them out. That's mostly true. And it's not just the water. It's the sediment, too. No one's talking about the Hoosick River. 
but let's look at the sediment under the Hoosick River, and let's look at the quality of that water, and let's look at it 20 miles downstream until we pick up a wastewater treatment plant or another um, industrial facility, and you'll see that the uh, PFAS levels in the sediment and the water spike every time there's an industry or a wastewater treatment plant up and down the Hoosick and every other river in the state of New York. The lawsuit is just a drop in the bucket. It's not going to affect the problem. That's right. You take that $65 million and maybe do a few miles of sediment cleansing and water purification up and down the Hoosick. It's tiny. We're talking tens and tens of billions of dollars to clean it up. Pat Elder is the founder of MilitaryPoisons.org and has written extensively on the issue of the military's reckless use of the PFA family of chemicals. And finally, a new report from Transportation Alternatives has found that the first six months of 2021 have been the deadliest on record for car crashes in the city. Arrests made in these cases are also low, leaving family members searching for answers. Hit and runs resulting in critical injury or death are also on the rise. So far, there are nearly twice as many in the first half of this year than in the first half of any of the last four years. Of the 47 incidents this year, police have only made 11 arrests. Vision Zero is Mayor Bill de Blasio's signature plan to bring traffic fatalities to zero. He blames the surge in deaths on the pandemic. And that's some of the news for Friday, July 23rd, 2021. The news is produced with Linda Perry, our engineer is Reggie Johnson. From New York City, I'm Paul DiRienzo. Thanks for listening.